Okay, so I'm ready whenever you are. Let's hold on. Okay. You there? Yeah. You I'm there? Here. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Cool. It's been a while since I talked about my book, so hopefully <laughs> hopefully <laughs> well, I, I still remember it. Uh, I'm going to talk yeah. about the Chicago stuff and, and some other stuff first, and then, you know, we'll kind of go over that stuff. I mean, we'll just try to do kind of a, you know, a little, uh, I mean, you know, kind of cover some ground. So, um, so anyway, if, if it's, so you're ready or is your headphone ready? Uh, I, I, I've got, I've got them on. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, um, hold on a second and I'll kind of lead you in. Great to have Wayne Drash, uh, with us today. Wayne, you are, uh, what's your official title at CNN now? You've been there so long. So what, uh, what's your title now? I, I've, I've been there for 20 years now. I, I'm a CNN digital enterprise uh, reporter, uh, okay. if, if you will. Okay. And um, you, you've kind of covered some stories that have run the gamut. I mean, part of your beat, though, is, um, is mental health uh, in America. Is that right? Yeah, part of it's uh, mental health is, uh, as well as I, I do do a lot of stories in uh, the black communities uh, okay. across America. Uh, so, yes. Well, and, and right now, uh, when, when I'm talking to you, you're in, you're in Chicago right now. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I, I've been uh, covering uh, the various uh, police, high profile police shootings here, as well as uh, just talking to people in, in uh, the south side of what life is like. Uh, talked to a young man yesterday. His brother is killed in the the violence here in Chirac, uh, if you will. And uh, <laughs> uh, But it's not just uh, his brother. I think he rattled off about 12 other uh, friends or people that he knew. Uh, uh, that have died, and it's it's wow. just a sad, sad, terrible reality for so many youth uh, here in uh, the city. And that uh, this guy uh, was not a gang member, uh, uh, wow. nor was his nor was his brother that was killed. Uh, just uh, caught caught in a cross crossfire of sort of gang warfare, though. Well, and and I mean the the main story you've been covering there is the. Cedric Chapman story, is that right? Uh, it's Cedric Chapman, Laquan McDonald, uh, and really just uh, you know following uh, the, the mayor and trying to get answers. Uh, when did he know about what? Uh, uh, especially related to Laquan McDonald. Okay, and so just give me um, just give everybody a little bit of a sense of where we are now in that story. The, the Chicago has kind of come to light and, and agreed to allow some things that uh, have been there for a long time to come out. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, so, I, I mean, it, it's just uh, the black community is, is kind of of uh, the mold. They, these issues have always been around. Uh, nobody's really ever listened to us uh, when we've kind of voiced these complaints before. Uh, uh, you know, video video Dale is quite the, the game changer in today's world. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, just just think if uh, that video of uh, Laquan McDonald, which had existed for 13 months before it released, and show, showing him 
gets shot 16 times. Uh, If it weren't for that, uh, there there wouldn't have been any charges brought uh, against that officer. and really, that kind of you know the, the release of that, that video that kind of started everything, uh, and it started sort of a, uh, a spiral of other videos having to be re- released uh, too of other other shootings. Uh, so certainly, certainly, the others are not nearly as grotesque as what we all see in uh, the Laquan McDonald shooting, but uh, you know. Uh, the black community here says will would say except it's it's in these other cases it's still young black men who who were shot and killed and shouldn't have been uh it's it's uh in in some ways it's very uh very much related uh, to to the book uh that i did uh on on these courts and all the issues that i saw doing doing that book are are really coming to the fore across the nation, whether it's for here in Chicago, Ferguson, or uh, Baltimore. Well, and you know the the thing that's kind of shocking to me about watching the videos is it, it's just as if the the officers doing the shooting, and you know, in many cases, we're talking about dozens of bullets i mean it's not just it's not just something to wing somebody and and get a hold of the situation i mean it just ends up being this uh, kind of almost the same reaction in every case uh i, I mean it, do the cops not realize that they're being filmed i mean what's the what's the dynamic here to, to, to be honest uh I, I i don't know dale i mean it's uh uh, I, I, I really, yeah, don't understand that either. Uh, had, did, did police tactics change in the last 10 years? Uh, and uh, these, these are questions that, that I've been asking and I, I really, uh, don't know, know the answer, uh, to, to those. But I mean, especially Laquan being shot 16 times, it's, it's just, just hard to, it, it's hard to fathom. It's hard hard to watch that that video. Right. Uh, uh, I mean, it's pretty clear that most people he didn't pose a threat. That you know, even you know. So so I've talked to some people that say Wayne, if if he had just been shot once or twice uh, and survived, he would have been charged with attempted murder of officers, and he would be sitting in prison right now. Uh, and if he had any lawyers that were worth assault, they would have been, they would be pushing to try to get that video of the incident. But it often takes two, three, four years uh, to get a hold of that, that video uh, in these cases. And they're like, you know, there, there, there are a lot, a lot of young black men charged with, you know, attempted assault, uh, you know, uh, attempted murder of officers that, that are sitting in prisons, uh, and I hadn't been able to fully delve into that, uh, uh, but uh, you know, I do at least colloquially, colloquially hear that, uh, that there are many cases like that. Uh, mm. He, he would have gone straight from the hospital to the county jail, and then, you know, if not forced to plead, plead to something, uh, uh, certainly would have gone to trial and. 
you know, presumably convicted because you had at least five officers in the public records, you know, ready to testify against him that, that he charged towards uh, Officer Van Dyke. Uh, right. And, and, you know, uh, you know, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of white America just cannot re- relate that to these stories uh, because, you know, uh, we we have a pretty good standing uh, with police in our communities that they all say it, it's hard for you or I to understand what it's like to to walk down a, st- a street a street anywhere, Dale, in America, and you know, is it is it racial bias? Is it racism? Uh, but you know, people would look skeptically at you if, if you just decided to take a jog around a, a, a neighborhood, uh, a nice neighborhood, and you're black. Uh, and right. it's 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 where we are in, in America right now. Hey, how did we get to this point? I mean, and it's larger questions like that in the, in, in the south side of Chicago, you know, uh, you, know, it, you know, in the 1930s, you know, from you look at pictures, it, it was a thriving area with with black-owned businesses, everybody, you know, everybody in that community, you know, a lot of pride uh, in, you know, in, in that community. And how did it go from that to today and everything yeah. else? And, and you, you can look at so many different dynamics. You know, there, there were there were there were factories, so you had middle class, you had a black middle class uh, more readily than we do now, but now all those factory jobs have been shipped uh, overseas. So there's very little uh, uh, jobs like that available anymore. And so then, you know, McDonald's and all these other uh, fast food places, you know, uh, start becoming the places for a livable wage. And that's, that's, uh, there, there's no, no easy answer to it. And then you have a, you you know you have uh, schools closed, and so then uh, the education system kind uh, kind of falls apart, and, and it's it, it's it's happens. You know, it's like that there in St. Louis, Dale. It's like that in Memphis. It's like that in right. Baltimore. It's like that in Chicago. And, and these these are these are issues. These are tough issues. I, and I don't even pretend to under uh, you know act like I know that what that the, the the long-term answer or solutions are. Uh, what are you hearing in the communities? I mean, when people are sharing their ideas, what what ideas are they bringing? Up? I, I mean, really, you know. So I, I did talk to Jesse Jackson. He calls it uh, we we need urban urban uh, reconstruction. Uh, we we need a, a, a humongous plan, almost like a White House initiative. Uh, to, you know, pump, you know, millions into businesses in these areas and try to provide some hope, uh, try to, try to provide jobs and opportunity, you know, uh, do, do like, uh, Detroit did and in these rough areas, uh, you know, plow down, but plow down houses, but, uh, you know, uh, make, make, uh, those hires, within the communities instead of uh, outsourcing it to like a, a mega contractor that's going to be bring, bring in u- union guys from New York, other cities, you know, uh, make it so, so that, uh, you know, it's, it's a, you know, uh, 
basically black black owned construction outfits that then can hire uh, locally. Uh, uh-huh. I was, you know, this guy I talked to yesterday, he, he had a lot of praise uh, for Spike Lee because Spike Lee uh, did a lot of stuff uh, in, when, when he was here, here filming Chirac. Uh, he, all, all, all the extras uh, that were hired uh, were local people in the neighborhood and uh, various neighborhoods. And I think uh, he said that they, they got $80 a day every time uh, they did different stand-ins and uh, $80 in the, these communities are, is a lot of money, especially if you, if you, if you're an extra for three days. And so you, you hear about that stuff, but they, I mean, yeah, uh, gosh, uh, you know, you know, is, is there, is there, you know, the, the widespread uh, uh, support for that across America at a, at a high level is that's, it, that that I don't know. It, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like it. Uh, it's certainly, it's not really talked about much at all in any of the, these presidential debates. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, of course, the mayor in Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, was already facing a lot of heat over the past, you know, better part of a year. And uh, what's the? I mean, now I see headlines that. He won't step down, or he won't do this. I mean, what's the feeling about Emmanuel there? Oh, uh, so uh, that that is uh, the feeling uh, that that he he, w- he will not resign. He 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 has said he won't resign. Uh, that uh, the, the way you tackle a crisis uh, like this is you, you kind of give it a, your all, and and uh, and you know, yes, we've got a problem. Uh, let's fix it. Uh, that's very much. Uh, his uh, mentality. I, I, I put in a request to interview him. Uh, th- those requests have been shot down so far. But on, on Friday, uh, for Friday, it was the, the mayor, mayor's 30th annual Martin Luther King breakfast, uh, the, the dating back to, 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 to the 80s. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and the, the community activists, it, uh, had uh, been calling on uh, black clergy, black uh, elected officials, and everyone else to boycott it. And there was probably two, two dozen pro- protesters outside. Anytime uh, somebody uh, went went inside, uh, you know, it was at a Hyatt's uh, Regency. And uh-huh. when people, people when people would go go by them, they would shout, "Shame on you!" Don't don't go in. Join us. Uh, that type of thing. And but I I gotta I gotta give uh, the mayor credit. Uh, he he delivered a, a heck of a speech. Uh, that it it was, it was though there were calls for boycotts. There may have been a hand handful of people who boycotted the event. Uh, there but there were six or seven hundred people uh, at uh, the hall and. Uh, uh, largely African-American crowd, and uh, the mayor delivered a pretty darn good speech uh, where he, did, he didn't shy away from uh, uh, everything that, that's happened. He faced it and, you know, said, uh, we, we, we've got to do better. And uh, it, was, it was pretty interesting, uh, the dynamics. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the tension in uh, the room was certainly palpable. Uh, early on in, uh, in, uh, the first speaker, she got up there to give a Martin Luther King sort of remembrance, 
Uh, and, you know, just as she started speaking, this woman, she started sh- shouting 16 shots, like at the top of her voice, like just over and over. And her, her voice was echoing. You, you, you could hardly even hear, uh, the speaker. And, uh, the speaker is this beloved woman, uh, that's a longtime, uh, alderman here in uh, the city of Chicago. And this woman is just shrieking, 16 shots and a cover up. 16 shots in a cover-up, and that, that the mayor's, you know, having his cheese omelet uh, there at the, the table. Uh, <laughs> you, you couldn't avoid that. You know, this woman, it, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, one of these hecklers uh, that that's out in the hallway type thing. It, it was front and center, and everybody's kind of looking around, uh, uh, like, oh my goodness, uh, this is going to get interesting as this thing keeps going. Uh, wow. that, that, then, uh, late, later on, uh, for another, another woman, uh, one of the, the ministers, as she get, delivered her prayer, she names some of the high profile, uh, people that have been killed by police in her prayer. And that, and then coming out of that prayer, a man stood up and he started shouting 16 shots and a cover up. And, and so that, you know, everybody was, uh, getting even more tense, like, oh my God, what's, what's going to happen now when uh, Ron gets up here? And that, there were some murmurs, at least around me, uh, that, uh, when the mayor, uh, was going to speak, that there were 16 people spread around the room that were going to stand up and start shouting 16 shots in a cover up. Uh, that, you know, whether or not that was just total rumors or if, uh, the people got cold feet once the mayor started speaking, the, the mayor's speech, uh, was, was not interrupted, uh, by protest, but it, it was, it was a quite, quite a re- remarkable day of just contrast from, uh, what was happening inside and then these protesters and then, you know, uh, just uh, the, the the mayor's speech itself. And um, so, how will you be back in Chicago then, or what's the next? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm 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 certainly on sort of uh, the Chicago beat uh, for for quite quite a while. Uh, and uh, right now, I'm working on some some long term stories uh, that w- in, instead of just turning kind of spot turnaround news stories. I'm, I'm uh, working on the, some some longer piece pieces of of kind of w- what life is like uh, on the on the, the south side of Chicago. Okay. Wow. Well, that sounds like quite a quite an adventure there. And and I understand you're getting to head home to Atlanta tomorrow. That was that right? Yes. Yes. Good. It's gotten awfully cold up here, uh, so so I'm try, trying to get home. I, I think the the wind chill out right now, I think, is like minus 20 degrees. And, oh uh, wow! The the, the southerners uh, are ready to get home. <laughs> well, uh, the south. Um, you uh, several years ago, there was a story that that I guess I could claim to be tangentially involved with, um, but it, it would involve a, a thing that you were involved with. Um, prior to, and then you ended up being able to write a book about that. So, tell me, tell me a little bit about the 
uh, Wayne Drash and Fernie Hardaway friendship? Yeah, uh, Dale is just just a crazy, crazy thing. As 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 you know, uh, I I I grew up in Memphis. Uh, I, I claim Memphis as home. I, I ended up moving away from Memphis uh, when I was fourteen, but I, I still called it home. Uh, uh, but uh, many many years ago and many moons ago, uh, I, I played basketball uh, uh, as a as a teen. And uh, when I was 15 years old, I, I went to uh, University of Kentucky Eddie Sutton basketball camp. I was a freshman in high school, and uh, one of my teammates on on my team at the camp, you know, they just randomly picked people and. Uh, and say, you know, these five people, you know, this is this is uh, your team for, for the week. And uh, uh, the the other freshman on that team uh, we were playing uh, with upperclassmen was uh, Anthony Hardaway, who, you know, the world, the basketball world, uh, came to know as Kenny Hardaway eventually. Right. And uh, so that, that was my first dealings uh, with Penny. And just being a Memphis guy, he ended up going to – He's from Memphis, and he ended up going to University of Memphis, and so I I followed his career on up, and uh, just a weird coincidence. Uh, yeah, I, I'd always wondered uh, what what had become of him, uh, and uh, I got a man in Tuskegee, Alabama, who liked uh, uh, the stories that I do on on the uh, the African-American communities. And she's like, Wayne, I I got this connection in Memphis about this old player. You you probably have never heard of him, uh, but this guy, Penny Hardaway, is doing some some amazing stuff in Memphis for really uh, hard-hit youth. And I was like, Penny Hardaway? Oh, this (laughs) is one of my my favorites uh, back in the day. And... uh, 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 for, for for those that don't know the story of Penny, too, he he was the face of Nike after uh, Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Chris Rock. Uh, there was the famous uh, commercials with Lil Penny, right? Uh, of which uh, Chris Rock uh, was the voice of Lil Penny, and uh, those commercials, I, I believe, uh, were directed uh, by Spike Lee, and uh, y'all y'all many consider those some of the. Uh, the best commercials that Nike has ever done, and but uh, what uh, Penny was doing was uh, he he is uh, one of the guys that maintained his wealth. Uh, uh, so many of them don't; uh, they 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 blow out their money. But uh, Penny maintained his wealth. But uh, he one of his friends was sick and dying of cancer, and that was uh, one of his friends from youth. His name's Desmond Merriweather. And Desmond uh, was the middle school coach at the school where Penny had gone to. As you know, Desmond had gone there too. And Desmond uh, asked him to come over and, and look at the team uh, that uh, they were struggling to score against zone defenses. And so he asked if Penny uh, had could come take a look at him and see uh, see see if he had any advice for for them. Well, Penny came over uh, and instantly fell in love uh, with with all of the guys. And because Desmond uh, was battling colon cancer too, 
then he eventually became uh, the head coach of these guys. Uh, uh, they were all middle. They're all middle schoolers, and you know, with Penny's involvement, their their grades went up. Uh, he he, you know, helped you know, you know, they're, they're it's kind of the same story you hear about that the the fathers aren't aren't in their lives. Mom, moms or grandmas, whoever's raising them, are just at wit's end, struggling uh, as an old get-out. Uh, you know, one of the kids that went to his home, he didn't even have running water in his house. Uh, and so these are just kids that are facing almost insurmountable pressures. You know, if it's not the gangs, it's just life without a father, life, life without any, any sort of male role model. Uh, and, uh, and also just living in poverty. Uh, and so Penny came in and he, he started helping them, helped, you know, these grandmas kind of pay off bills and stuff like that. Took the guy shopping, uh, at, at one of the, the, the main, you know, nice stores in Memphis, got them all kind of suit and ties. Uh, and, you know, as, as the season went on, they eventually, uh, they they eventually won uh, the state championship uh, there uh, as as middle schoolers and uh, you know the postscript uh, which I've not done a story on uh, yet is uh, so so his friend uh, Desmond that inspired him to coach he 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 and he had had stage four cancer uh, colon cancer at the time he he lived for. Uh, I, almost five five years afterwards, uh, he had been given 24 to 48 hours to die at one point, but largely as living through these uh, children, Desmond lived for another four to five years. He he died uh, just last year, but Penny uh, has not stopped. Uh, he has followed uh, those kids uh, and is now coaching their high school team, East, East High School in Memphis, and uh, right now they are ranked in uh, the top 25 in, in uh, the nation. Uh, so it's, it's it's quite a story. Uh, uh, this is a guy who doesn't have to do anything, like li- li- literally, because he still has about 40 or 50 million dollars left. Uh, right. But he's but he's down down there, you know, in in you know, sort of, uh, uh, you know, one of the roughest neighborhoods of Memphis. He, he obviously lives, has his house elsewhere in Memphis in a much nicer area, but he's still going going in uh, to, to the neighborhood. It's called Dean Hampton, uh, known as uh, the BBB, beautiful black Dean Hampton, and, uh, and still coaching and still trying to inspire these guys. Uh, there was uh, one, one guy uh, that Penny... There was old, older. I think he was two, if not three, years older uh, than those middle schoolers. His name's Diedrich Lawson. He's playing uh, or Memphis uh, University of Memphis right now, and is uh, one of the top freshmen in, in uh, the nation. He he wears jersey number one, uh, mm-hmm. presume, pre- presumably uh, uh, for Penny. So uh, wow. it, it's a it, these are stories that you know I, I watch. Uh, all these different, you know, people pontificating uh, that there's not 
leaders in the, the black community. They're not doing enough. And uh, they all, from my experience, you know, you know uh, they, there are thousands of great people uh, in the black community uh, trying their darndest uh, to, to make change. It's right. just that you, you, you don't ever hear about their stories. Uh, and sure. so, so that's, that's what, you know, Penny just happens to be a big face and a big figure, so 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 you hear about his story, and so so he re- really represents uh, you know the, the thousands of others that, that don't get the credit. Uh, uh, well, and and just so we we leave the whole story, I mean, after you wrote the story for um, for um, CNN, you were asked uh, by a literary agent to turn it into a book, right? Yes, yes, and, and that. Yeah, you know, I I had gone to Memphis and just had done done a quick, uh, you know, a one-off feature story, uh, and and a literary agent uh, for for Distal, uh, which is a great literary firm in in New York that uh, uh, most writers would give their left nut to, to even, you know, have, have an inter, inter, interview uh, with, with them, uh, let, let, let alone an agent reaching out to you directly saying, hey, is, is there a book there? And uh, and that's kind of how it started. And that having never written a book, that, that was a interesting process. You know, the, the, the proposal, uh, you, you, have, you have to – Kind of come up with a, about a sixty, seventy-page proposal, and then uh, you, you know it's a rigorous process with me and my agent, my agent working with me, and then and then uh, that took about a month to get that to where we thought it was shaped enough to to be be presentable, and then for him to try to go out and sell it, and uh, he did, and uh, it ended up being a book. So, uh-huh. uh, uh, yeah, so, so it, it was quite, quite an extraordinary uh, ride. Uh, I, I had to write the thing in three months, uh, wow. which it was uh, the most I've ever been uh, in uh-huh. any of the, my writing, uh, just because uh, I, I would set a goal of trying to write basically 5,000 words at least every two days, but 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 not get bogged down with. Basically, I would say ch- chapter one, finish it by by Tuesday, and then I would have chapter two, finish it by Thursday, and chapter three, finish it by Saturday, and just keep <laughs> going and going and, and and not get bogged down necessarily. You know, just get something on paper, and then once you once you meet those various targets after you get like eight chapters together uh then start you know paying more attention to writing style and flow and right. all of that uh, yeah yeah absolutely are you planning on writing any more books do you have any other uh, i i i hope to i i don't have any uh uh take any like in in the hopper right now uh uh-huh. uh it, it all kind of comes down to cost benefit analysis as well as trying to find the, the time to do it. Uh, it oh, it's, yeah. it's just, it's just so, so hard uh, when, when you're working a, a full-time job 
for, for that, I did take a three-month uh, leave of absence uh, oh, to be wow. able to focus solely on it. Uh, I, I I would highly recommend that to other people that if if you have the chance, you, not, <laughs> not everybody not not everybody has that opportunity. Oh, but that's you're, you're 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 kind of robbing yourself as uh, of of. Uh, if, if you if you don't solely focus on it, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, so, so 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 when I think about that, writing another one, I, I also think about how laborious that everything <laughs> else it was because you have to teach yourself not not only to be uh, a, a, a writer and and deliver on all this stuff, you also have to train yourself on being a businessman and uh, just other stuff. You get a website going and. And also, you know, uh, for those of us that I, I, I consider myself pretty humble, you know, it's an awkward thing to to kind of, you know, be touting yourself for those of us that aren't necessarily comfortable doing that. Say, hey, you know, tweeting out, read my book. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just feels weird when that's not necessarily your your natural personality uh so uh yeah but, you've uh, got to be a salesman too you, you yeah even if yeah. you have a even if you have a major publishing house like you did with simon and schuster i mean there's still a lot of stuff that that you're kind of expected to do on your own as well yeah yes yes no you're you're, you're exactly right uh, you know you have to you have to get your own blurbs you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those type things like that's all that's all on the on the, the writer like Hey, can you know? I think they asked, "Hey, can you get Magic Johnson and so and so and so and so to to get blurbs for you?" And you're like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, isn't that the publicist's responsibility? <laughs> and uh, and so then you're like mad, scramble around, and I actually did get the a blurb from Magic Johnson as well as uh, Chris Weber. Uh, uh, so, it just it, it it was all it was all crazy. It was a fun ride. Uh, uh, you know, there there are a lot of ups and downs in the, the process, but uh, uh, you always try to keep your long term view, and certainly uh, you, you can you can uh, appreciate and relate to it. You know, when when I was twenty years old and just a young naive uh, guy in college, I uh, made a promise that, that I would write a book uh, one day. And to be able to to you know, fulfill that goal is, you know, they, that's a that's a heck of a deal. It's uh, a lot of pride in us, and and it, you know, when you when you get to that last, you know, chapter, uh, and, and you know you're gonna finish uh, that night, is just a amazing sensation. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> That uh, I, I I know you know exactly uh, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Oh my God! And you like just uh, great, great feeling. <laughs> um, Wayne, one one other question about that. How did did that process of creating the book and going through the editing and and everything else that that is required in in the modern book world? How do you look at your job at CNN differently after having done that? 
Oh gosh, yeah, you're catching me off guard with that one. It, uh, I mean, if if any if anything, uh, well, so so I, I'm a rare journalist uh, these days. I I am often given, you know, a couple weeks, sometimes a couple months, to focus on one piece, uh, uh-huh. uh, and and you know, I guess the easiest way to describe some of the stories are very kind of Sunday New York Times magazine type pieces. Right. And that's that, that's r- r- really r- really uh, the thing I learned, I guess, was when, when, when I went in and did my initial story uh, and just did uh, kind of the usual thing, you know, I, I met the, the team and Penny at uh, the gym uh, where they practiced and play, played and I talked to the kids and and they they were they they were telling me uh, you know kind of uh, what it was like that to live in the environment and yeah I, I you know the gym was in being happened so I was able to see it but you know in that case it was tr- truly parachuting in and out and it wasn't really till I came back and did the book and uh, I, I would sleep on Desmond's sofa uh, usually for five to seven days just so I could in wow. uh, coming in and out just so I could get a better reality of what life that was like in the area and you you just your, your heart would sink uh, when you would see how some of these players live and just the struggles uh, that their mothers or aunties or grandmothers go through it's just uh, just phenomenal you know, the one kid, he was his name was Robert Washington. He was one of about twenty children uh, living at his grandmother's house, uh, and you know, gangs, gangs uh, were, were all over the place. You could you could visibly see it and feel it, and you know, uh, the, the one thing I wish, you know, just from a writer standpoint. You know, I I learned about uh, what Penny was doing after the fact. You know, from a from a narrative perspective, it would have been amazing to obviously be there and follow the team throughout that first season. Sure. Rather, yeah. luckily they shot videos throughout uh, the season, so I was able to constructively go back and look at you know you know Penny gave this speech before this game and this happened. Right. But uh-huh. but from a narrative standpoint, you know, let, let's say it would just be so much richer that, you know, at, after Robert Washington scored 25 points, following him to his house and then seeing, you know, just what the life of this guy that was celebrated as a hero, just to see the hardship that he's going through as right. gang members taught taunt him and tease him and them into his world. Uh, but they, there's nothing I could do about that. They, but they, right. they, they, that, that would have been, just made uh, the story so much richer. Uh, and so, so, you know, you just try to uh, you reconstruct everything as best as possible. But that was uh, the other thing that uh, with, with Penny coaching that uh, – he he and Desmond met with the, the various gang gang leaders of uh, the neighborhood and 
they they all pretty much struck up a truce that they would not, you know, try to prey prey on uh, the the kids on the the team. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. Well, that's that's an amazing story, Wayne. Uh, let me leave you with one question. Um, obviously, this this podcast is going to come out on Martin Luther King Day, and so at kind of a bleak period in one of the you know nation's um, you know leading cities, uh, what what good can can come out of this? I mean, what can what can we build on instead of just kind of shaking our heads at? Uh, I, I mean, it's really to keep uh, Dr. King, King's message alive, and uh, really to you know, in the 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 good, if you want to uh, call it that, uh, uh, it's good amid all this bad, but uh, that uh, uh, people are listening. Uh, that's I think that that's what. Uh, uh, the black leaders here in Chicago would say, you know, our, our voices are finally at least being heard. And, uh-huh. and now, now let's, let's make these much needed changes. It's, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, many of them, uh, they, you know, you, you don't hear, hear much about it, uh, uh about that, the black on black, uh, uh, violence, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, these preachers I spoke uh, with uh, the other day, that, that's one, one of, uh, their primary concerns. Uh, so they're, they're like, uh, there's something messed up, uh, uh, when we've had, you know, X amount of youth, uh, one of the, one of the, one of the, the preachers I was saying, you know, the, the coffins, it started getting smaller and smaller uh, at, at his wow. church. Uh, that you know, when he started 20, 30 years ago, you, you know, he was burying adults, and now he's burying, you know, eight years old, ten years old, twelve year old kids that uh, uh, are. But they, they, those, those are uh, rarely talked about, and so uh, it's it's also just having an open, honest conversation to. To try to start uh, the change uh, that's that's needed, uh, and and really uh, uh, you you can't lose lose sight of uh, uh, King's kind of message message of peace as well as hope, uh, uh, and and keep keeping the, the the dream alive, but trying to turn turn the dream into a practical reality in in today's today's society and today's world. Wow. Well, thanks, Wayne. This has been great. I really appreciate you taking time to to get on with me and and look forward to seeing you soon and and seeing more of you up there on the screen on CNN like you were this last weekend. Yeah. Thank. Thank you. Thank you, Dale. <laughs> appreciate that you continuing to press me. I, I went. Uh... I wasn't trying to put you off, uh, but I, I just kept getting so busy. Every time I thought I would have a down moment, uh, uh, I, I joke uh, with my Chicago bureau. Yeah, we, we have a bureau here, and I'm like, oh, my God, I I, I need to stop coming here because you guys are like the, the hardest working bureau uh, <laughs> uh, ever. Uh, so, uh, no, no, yeah, no. no but uh, Very appreciative, and, and it's yep. going to make for good timing, too. So thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, I'll send you. I'll send you a link to all of that. Okay.
catch up, whatever. But, but yeah, man, thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, like, a, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate it. That, that, that's, that's a lot of fun. Like, uh, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm used to having to keep stuff to like 30 second and just get in a sensational quote, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's nice to actually have an honest conversation. It, we, yeah. we said that, 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 that's what I learned, uh, just doing, uh, the book, uh, process. Uh-huh. Like, it, TV appearances were were such a crock of shit. Uh, because, <laughs> but, but because then you, I, I would I would literally go like, okay, in this interview, I I just need to stick, you know, this thirty sec thirty second nice nice little right. quotable quote to yeah. stick to that, e- even if they don't even ask the For question, <laughs> just just get that answer out. But then you would, I would do uh, radio interviews, and those were all always nice because typically the radio interviewers, not necessarily not the sports guys, uh, but uh-huh. you know the you know like the NBR types, uh, uh-huh. they 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 had all, all read the book, and so they yeah. were at, you know you were able to actually converse and have fun and to talk about it versus uh, uh, the, the TV routes. Well, my, my 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 daughter uh, went with me uh, at the book opening, and it, it was funny just just her her seeing the behind the scene machinations of how television works. Because uh, <laughs> I, I went to a couple of local local stations in Memphis, and she she was sitting near me, not not on stage, but uh, but uh-huh. behind uh, the, the cameras, and she's like. You know, it, she had never seen teleprompters or scripts, and she's oh, like, yeah. "Dad, that's not fair. They they all had stuff to read, and then they <laughs> and, and, and and you just had to freelance with it." And I'm like, that, "That's so cute, babe. That's what that's why they're called talking heads." Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, if you ever have like, because I mean, this thing has gone pretty well. I mean, you know, it, just for a couple of weeks of doing it, it's it's going super well. And so, you know, if you ever have something that you want to, you know, bring up or say, hey, I think this would be a good thing or whatever, let me know and we'll do it. Okay. You know, so, so sounds good. And I'll send you, I'll send you a link when I get it done. Yeah. There's one, one story that I'm trying to dig into is, so Officer Van Dyke, uh, we're not recording right now, right? Well, here, let me turn it off. Hold on just one second. Okay.